At the end of the season, they don't ask how. They just ask how many. And to say that the Riders winning in Edmonton was a little ugly, eh, maybe a bit of an understatement. But the Riders did win. They beat the Elks 34-23. The Rider record now stands at 5-4. and four. Kelly Kirsch, I'm Maz McFly. Things are good in Rider Nation again. Uh, I got to ask you, with about seven minutes left to go in the game, Riders were down by one. Did you honestly think that we were going to end up winning? Because no, I, I thought the Eskimos were going to get off the schneid and, and break that thousand day or whatever it is record of not winning at home. But they truly are an awful team because they found ways to lose that game. It's almost like they were trying to, when, when things got a little screwy, uh, and they had some bad luck. Let's face it, that, uh, that phantom call on pyramiding on uh, Raphael Leonard, number nine, for the, uh, for the uh, Elks. I didn't see it. I didn't see it at all. And they're lucky they got a pass interference call uh, on Jerron Carter because that, that was sometimes those get called, sometimes they don't. So certainly um, the uh, football gods were on the riders' side. So you take, you put those two points in your back pocket, you uh, sheep, sheepishly get back on the airplane and get the F out of Edmonton and, and just take those uh, four points that, you know, could have easily went the other way. And, um, and there you go. You're five and four halfway through the season. Um, but there is a giant um, um, task at hand, and that happens to be back to back against the BC Lions. So I go, I guess I'm a believer now. I guess I have to be. And then back to back against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and then a game against those same Elks in Regina, uh, a break, and then Winnipeg again, Maz. This is going to be very interesting oh. when we talk in the next six weeks or so what this team's about because there were a lot of things that were troubling. Uh, the, the Elks rushing three guys and getting decent pressure on, on that offensive line for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The receivers, mm, okay, not great. Duke Williams did come to play. That was okay, but you're going to need more than two guys. And, uh, and Cody, you know, under 200 yards, again, passing – um, and, and uh, you know, a couple of mistakes in there that were that were uh, pretty bad. Uh, the Elks just made more mistakes, and we talked about, you know, another 100-yard penalty game uh, only to be outmatched by the Elks. And, again, the football gods shining on, on, the, on the riders when the starting right guard gets kicked out of the game towards the end of the first half, and they've only got one extra guy. It, it, it absolutely, you know, turned out to be a nightmare for uh, Taylor Cornelius because after that happened, suddenly the Riders, with their makeshift defensive line, who really miss A.C. Leonard, who miss a lot of things. They need, they need Robertson back in the worst way. Um, oh, my God. Marino back. You got him. You got him. Anyway, um, but, so hey, it wins a win. When you said sheepishly get on the plane and get out of town, after the game was over, two things came to mind. So there's that Ikea commercial where the old lady comes out and she yells at her husband, start the car. And then you drive away like they just, you know, they got a great deal and they're going to get caught that. And it felt like we had, I've never robbed a convenience store and got into a getaway car, but that's what it felt like. We just, the circle K just got hit. We're running out with the loot, get in the car and drive away before somebody says, no, 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 hold on. Let's go back. We got to replay that again or whatever. Somehow, some way in all of the years of horrible rider football, crazy finishes in Edmonton. I'm like, they can't. The game's over. It, 
it's done. Like the sports center's on. They they can't go back and do it. Uh, to say uh, she wasn't a masterpiece was a bit of an understatement. Cody's mobility looked better, which was great, but in the pocket, almost instantly, he was doing spinoramas to break the pressure. Now in the first quarters. It was kind of neat to see because we haven't seen that all season. But by the second, third, and fourth quarter, not so cute anymore. He'd be like, dude, stand in. Yeah, the three-man front giving him tons of problems again. I'm like, when did – has this only been lately the three-man front in the past couple years has come to play in the CFL? Because, man, we we don't adjust well. So Cody was 11 for 20. These are awful numbers. For 130 yards – one TD and one. Yeah, he just had the fifty-one yards rushing, which, which was nice, and that saved him a couple of times. Sure, yeah. So Duke was a leading receiver, four for six, eighty yards, and a TD, and he had the celly of the year when he went into the stands, yeah, sat down on like the patio furniture. <laughs> but like you had said, he can't be the only receiver that shows up. Tevin Jones, the two balls that come did on. come your way. Well, one was over your head, the other one, and Justin McInnes. If Fajardo. Finally, on a decent play call, when it's second and 20, hits you in the hands and the helmet. You need to catch that. I was like, Braden Lenius. here's the thing. NFL preseason's going on. Cuts are happening. No one's looking for an extra receiver. Wrap it up for this year. The Riders will give you the same deal. You come back here. We'll let you go in the offseason to try that NFL dream. We need guys. Hey, ask Bo Levi Mitchell if you need receivers that you can count on. That's what BC's getting right now. They're receivers they don't drop. No, they uh, we only rushed for 25 times, 131 yards total. Cody had eight of that for 51 and two TDs. Mario Alford had 98 yards, uh, the TD, on the kickoff. And we've we've mentioned a lot of through a bunch of the podcast how just how average to bad TSN has gotten. And I don't mind when they experiment with new camera angles, but uh, during the um, the Alford kickoff return they went with that camera angle and i'm like well i guess they got to stick with it which was the worst angle ever for a kickoff return instead of giving us like the all 24 from the back watching it play out you've got this close in and i'm like guys yeah and they uh they didn't come on that the the pi on deron carter it showed it once and it was quick and it's like i don't think that's but they went you know got away from it right away so i i I don't know what's what's going on with there it's a little frustrating when you want to see you want to get that professional you know, look, but whatever. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Before we jump into the defense, we we, we got to address this because uh, riderfans.com, Twitter. In, yeah, no, I, there was even people on Instagram, ah, Facebook, any any social media site. Natai Rogers. Is he right yeah. tackle? That experiment has to come to an end. Not only... And a lot of people put up this clip where he got called for holding. He should have, after getting called for holding, and he knew he was going to get flagged, he let his guy get up and eventually track Cody down and tackle him and didn't try and keep him on the ground or chip him or anything. It's so bad. It's to the point of, like, he's going to get – I wonder if Cody – and you think, well, he's a half-million-dollar-a-year quarterback. Or I wonder if he's got the stones or the swagger to say to J.O. and to Dickie, be like, this guy's going to get me killed. Uh, he, we can't have him out there anymore. He's given her, we're nine games in and this thing is not working. And he always seems to be the problem. Yeah. I mean, offensive linemen can have their, but when you're nine games in a row of being the liability at what point and Rod Peterson, and thank you for coming on the last podcast, Rod, 
people loved you. Some people hated you, but they knew where you stood. He had said, well, J.O. must be fine uh, with the O-line because they're not bringing anybody in. And Dickie even said this week leading up to the game, oh, the guys we got are the guys we got on the active roster. Well, and the, uh, and well, the let, let me roster. just kind of just – when you have Rodgers and Vaughn as your American defensive tackles, um, my little rule is if – like, honestly, Canadian guys are hard to get and good Canadian offensive linemen are worth their weight in gold. Um, so – but you should be able to find by throwing a dart out the window a really good uh, offensive lineman from the United States, and there's going to be a bunch uh, being cut in the next little while. Now, um, the problem is, or the challenge is, a lot of those guys aren't going to necessarily come up to Canada. They're waiting for the XFL offers to come through. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah. But there's still going to be enough guys because uh, uh, Rogers and and Vaughn are not good enough. And just, you know, full stop, right? They just aren't good enough. When you compare them to the other American uh, tackles, like most teams will, will employ that unless they got a really good Canadian guy. Um, it, those should be, that should be just table stakes. You should be able to get a really good American tackle on both sides so your guy doesn't get killed. And on the right side, it's a disaster. And I would cut that guy right now. Yeah, you've had nine games. If Campbell, the backup, is really that bad? How bad could he be? He was a starter in for Toronto for how many years? And Toronto's had its issues over the years, least of all the you know the football operations staff from time to time. But they didn't have the worst offensive line. A lot of people were saying like Darius Bladdock, they should have never let him go because as he was not a star out of the box, he was solid. And with the Dakota That's Shepley thing, yeah, 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 he was good. At, it's not his fault. And same with Dakota Shepley, good enough to be great in the CFL and to be noticed by the NFL where he can stick around down there and play and be on the practice roster. So you're like, yeah, so those Canadians, so you got to get the good Americans. Uh, Cause at, it's funny near the end. Of, so first and second quarter, you know, I'm feeling okay. Third quarter comes along. It seemed like every drive, every drive, we try and run the ball and Edmonton's Chris Jones shut that down. So we were losing one to three yards on every run with Morrow then. And then we'd somehow take a penalty to back us up to give any give us even worse field position. And I don't even I don't even know if we had any first downs in the third quarter, but it's just like, oh no. Thankfully, Taylor Cornelius and the Edmonton Eskimos and the inexperienced, and they don't know how to win. And I love watching Chris Jones on the sideline. I love when he starts swearing up. Chewing his gum and carrying uh, okay. on. Darnell Sankey, what a stud. Nine tackles. Uh, by far and away, he's leading the team. He's uh, leading the CFL, and I just think, geez, if we didn't have Sankey out there, because Larry Dean had yeah. an okay game, Moncrief you didn't sort hear of him much. And, that doesn't mean, yeah, he, well, and and Moncrief as well, and it doesn't mean that they weren't doing their thing. And now, keep in mind, just because Rod Smith and Glenn Suter don't mention them on TV, doesn't mean that they're not having an effective game. I thought somebody unsung hero. Now, he did get 100 yards. It was a quiet because there was a couple of garbage time catches in the last drive. But Roland Milligan, who was on, um, um, let's see, Kenny Lawler for most of the night because Nick Marshall had Darrell Walker. I got to say, uh, Roland Milligan played pretty I, I well think guarding Kenny Lawler. Riders. Oh, outstanding. Outstanding. Because Lawler, he's one of those guys, even if he, you quiet him down and ask the stamps about Brian Burnham, he's still yeah, going to get big, his catches, man and he's still dangerous. 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 He's
how to work work the uh you know get get open and and, and just he's just good at it right and and the guys will find him so uh you know it, it was interesting I, I i thought if if uh, taylor cornelius had a little more a uh, little more time he might have been able to pull that game out big mistake in the fourth quarter there you just can't make Whoa. but uh and and you know what i think the riders were a little better after that extended uh, halftime with lightning all around i think <laughs> i think they kind of weathered the storm uh metaphorically and uh, really uh a lot better which may- maybe that just goes to show that uh they got a little more, uh, a little better, you know, preparation. Well, so the penalties, riders nine for a hundred. That's way too many. They took five on. I get the ones on defense. Sometimes you can't help it. I mean, sometimes if you get a con, you know, a legal contact or a PI. I mean, sometimes if it saves a touchdown. But there was five on offense, like the crap back blocks and things like, like that. Like learn that rule, guys. Like the 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 Elks took twelve for one forty. We had four quarterback sacks, which was nice to see. One interception and one recovered fumble. And with Corti getting kicked out of the game, because, and there again, TSN didn't show what happened to get his second misconduct penalty to get him kicked out. It'd be like, guys, a guy just got kicked out of the game in the first half. Throw up a replay. because And Jason Shivers with the adjustments at halftime, and they showed the backup right away. But then when they came back for the third quarter, I think it was somebody, or was it the panel said, Oh, he's actually one of the European, one of the global players. So they may really be in trouble here because, you know, global offensive line is one thing. To be a backup Canadian offensive lineman or American mm-hmm. is another. And then they just kept overloading that side. And then that's when that's the pressure exactly. came. And it's a good thing Jason good thing Jason Shivers was on the ball because uh, Nate Rogers and the O-line, they were not on the ball and running for their life. And somehow uh, Cody... Uh, just finds a way to win. And speaking of Rod, he put up, because uh, he'd been taking a lot of flack on social media. I think Rod put up uh, a thing saying, hey, sorry, guys, I was too busy winning the football game to notice. You know, and it got a lot of likes even by him on Instagram. And Cody says he still has it, but he doesn't go on as much. But that was liked by him. I think a lot of people, he just somehow f- finds a way. I guess we need to. He's never going to look like Bo Levi no, Mitchell. I, you, know what I, you know what, Maz, I, I, I I, I want to go back to what, what Jim Barker said, who, who uh, recruited him in Toronto, I think. And he said, here's the deal with Cody. When you watch him, he doesn't move great. He doesn't have an awesome arm. He's not super accurate. But at the end of the game, you kind of like the score, right? Because he just somehow wins games. Yes. And he just keeps doing it. And the guys like him. You can tell the guys are playing for him. Um, you know, is he worth a half a million dollars? No. No chance, but uh, it it is what it is, kind of thing, and and I I think that's what you kind of have to pay a starting quarterback in the CFL. Is Dane Evans worth whatever Hamilton's paying Dane Evans? Not no. a chance. That Matthew Shields should be their starting quarterback, and Dane Evans should be holding the the iPad or the clipboard. So you kind of have to pay that, and like it's been said, hey guys. If it's not Cody, who else is out there? Like the CFL can't ever find nine good quarterbacks. No, and they have they have a tough time league. developing quarterbacks. So does the NFL, by the way. It takes it takes time. And, and sure, I was watching Case Keenum play the Buffalo in the Buffalo Bills preseason game, throwing like dart interceptions, and he's standing on the sideline like big deal. I'm going to make the roster. He's probably going to make four to five million, being a backup or a third string, and be like, 
Yeah. All right, I'm good. If you ever want to torture you know? yourself, watch a lot of NFL preseason games. And 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 if you really want to torture yourself, why don't you put like twenty bucks down to try and figure out who's going to play what and who's actually going to play or give a crap about it because it's a nightmare. So the preseason, which in the NFL used to be six games, goes on seemingly forever, and it's nearly unwatchable. Well, uh, so we win. Uh, we're now five and four. Oh, if we, Kelly, if we would have lost. No, if, if you man, if you go to I'd... four and five, and then you see you've got you're staring BC back to back, Winnipeg back to back, Jeebus. You're four and nine. Jeebus. You're four and yeah. nine. You're in big yeah. trouble. And somehow, some way, you've got to dial it up at home in front of myself with my 25-1 and one record since I moved to Calgary going to nice. see the Riders play at various uh, – no, this that's the Regina uh, rule. They're, they're actually pretty pretty good when I watch them in Vancouver as well. But Okay, so let's break down your, your trip yes. to the motherland. So who are you going to the game? Who are you going to well, the I'm going to take with? my wife. She's never been – like I've, I've dragged her to enough Rough Rider games away from, uh, you know, we've okay. been in Vancouver. We've been here a few times, Edmonton. But we've not uh, we've not been to the homeland. Usually, I uh, take that trip by myself, but she's coming with me, so uh, it'll it'll be a trip to the uh, to the Rough Rider store with the uh, everything at cost. You know, nothing nothing overpriced. Going to go do that, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, it's a is, is start, reason- too, which is going to be good. People will be into the sauce pretty good, and the old YQR. Uh, so normally if you do take this trip alone, is it so she doesn't think any less of you when she watches you and yeah. your behavior at Sometimes the football game in Regina and, and, to basically and, like and maybe questions exactly what am I doing? Um, but as I said, like I got you know, records are records, man. I was thinking about that. They asked the uh, Elks game last night with the lightning going around. I remember it was a few years ago, the old Taylor field. You know, the lights went out, yeah. lightning striking all over the place. And uh, my brother and I were at that game. I said, we were under the uh, the overhang there. I go, we're just going to stay right here because I know that the concourse is flooded and there's no sense leaving. Our car is parked in somebody's backyard. So uh, we're just going to go ahead and assume that they're going to play this game. And they came back and made a huge, huge uh, uh, victory. And uh, my car was still there and uh, not vandalized, which was nice. All right. To, to, to anybody that's never been to a football game in Regina, and let's say you've only gone to professional events with real parking and security, uh, in and around Taylor Field, especially the old one, you would pull up to somebody in a back alley in somebody's backyard, had a cardboard sign, a Sharpie, usually one to two spelling mistakes, and there was some dude standing there, usually drinking yeah. already, taking 10 to 25 bucks for you to park there and good luck if you could get your car out and if you got vandalized well it's just part of the experience of rider football um now the new stadium uh as you go and you said you're going to go into the rider store and i do love anytime there's a nice hoodie for at least 99.99 to 149.99 i do appreciate that so yeah we'll do that and we'll we'll do the rider express the old bus from uh south latin mall um Oh, that that is like a green light to get liquored in the parking lot where you park at the mall just to drink in your car until you hop. Well, exactly, and I and I think I, I think we I'm, I'm going to try and do the show the next week's podcast maybe from you know maybe post game maybe we'll we'll do it there just for the ambiance of it. If you were to get arrested at the game, could you ask the officers nicely? Can we like fire up uh, the Zoom? And do it maybe from I the back of the car. I think that would be great. I think it would be like an episode of Cops. I'm sure the Regina Police Service 
who I know, the chief of police, by the way, Evan Bray, former broadcaster. Whoa. So I think I'm probably good. I probably have. Uh, who is it? Who's the Who's the chief of police? Evan Bray Australia? used to be a John Evans, and uh, he was an old time radio guy for a long time, and he really? uh, became a cop, and now he's the head head push there. Uh, if you're a cop in Regina, you must. Maybe you're a Ryder fan, but you must hate game days just because of the, the, Lugans, just the, the people that the are idiot, absolutely bananas. You know, hooligans, idiocy. I mean, it's one thing for all the cops that are there, because I think for a lot of them, like even at Stamps games, it's a chance to work some yeah. overtime and do that. You kind of know what you're getting into. But if you're coming getting called in from the outside before the idiots and the hooligans to be like, what are we walking into here? Oh, man. So uh, Friday night, uh, the BC Lions – uh, in Regina to take Nathan on the Riders. Roark. It's going to be the late game. Oh. So I checked today. I Googled because I had read this, and I'm like, no, no, maybe that wasn't right. Nathan Rourke's salary for 2022, because he's on his first CFL contract, is $65,000. Although he's, he's, he's got so some I, bonuses in there, too. So, um. no, But still, my advice to him is, Nathan, we feel you are vastly underpaid for the job you are doing. Please take a stand with ownership this week and threaten to sit out this game and as many games as you need until they pay you fair money because what you're doing is worth it. He has, Nathan, he has the poise of a guy who's been in this league for about five or six years. He's got an amazing arm. He uh, He's a team guy. And uh, was he pumped? To pull that game. Uh, and by the way, oh. bad call from Dave Dickinson not to go for that long field goal. With the not win. to kick the bad field goal. call. You lost the game. Congratulations. You did. And the Stamps. And, and so here's my thing. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Are the Stamps just not that good? The Stamps are always good. But are they just not that good this year? Yes, that was a huge mistake. Even if you try. You know what? BC is getting the ball back anyways if you don't make it. So... Uh, go from there. And I, I was very telling after the game uh, when they went, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, the scrum, well, how was the game or whatever, and quote, effing terrible. We were effing terrible. And he he said, he's not, he, he included himself in there, but he, just, he said the only, um, was it Peyton Logan was the only guy off the hook for uh, not playing a bad game. And he said everywhere, offense, defense, special teams, everybody's got to be better. The Stamps had it. I'm like, wow, the Stamps are crushing You score BC. 40 points at home, you should that... win the game. End of story, right? Yeah. yeah, but then on that drive, what are they on the five-yard line? Cam Judge gets called for roughing the passer. As, as Dwayne Ford said on the broadcast, it's still football. That no, was a roughing the passer. No. That was not. That was, that was a quarterback sack. That was a throwaway. That happens – time and time again in football, but I'm like, there you go. That's it. Now they're, they're going to march all the way down the field. And then Brian Burnham's money, everybody is coming up money. And then you're like, yeah, this is it. They're going to run down the clock. And then they did. You know, the thing I was thinking about the BC lions is that their, their offensive line last year was hot garbage, right? Maybe it's just, just a disaster. And yep. they fixed it. They fixed it. Now it helps that, that Nathan gets rid of the ball a lot quicker. Yes. Than Mike Riley ever did, but they they've gotten some different guys in there, and they they've made it work. It, you know very quickly. So is Montreal, by the way. Montreal's offensive line. I don't know. I was watching that game on on Thursday. Their their upset win in Winnipeg. Like, who are these guys? I mean, I haven't watched a ton of Montreal, but it's like they are playing their hearts out. And I don't know any of these guys practically. So that's that's the thing that it can be fixed. And as we kind of get back to the Riders situation with the 
uh, horrible uh, tackles that, you know, better start playing better or find somebody that can. Um, man, oh, man. And I hear Dan Clark is, is kind of practicing a little bit, so I don't know if that makes that much of a difference. But um, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I mean, that, that game – the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday was really good. Friday night football, one of the best ones I've seen. I sat there, sat there and watched it on the back deck, and I go, I can't put this thing down. This is amazing. This is, uh, and you know, we uh, we kind of hammer uh, Shimoni Lawrence for being a dirty player, but I'll tell you, he he gutted it out ten years with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He was injured. He came back in that oh, yeah. game, and and so did yeah, uh, Schlitz. Oh, and then, well. then at the end, he made a cut. He- he made a couple of nice sticks. I'm like, ah, scumbag yeah. Simone. Nice. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a great football player. Yes, he's dirty. He but needs, he's still a they, great football player. Needed that one. That was a big come from behind victory. To uh, they did. I and I I'd figured uh, in my picks last week just because of sooner or later, the Hamilton Ticats are going to win a game. And I figured, well, if the law of averages, maybe it's going to be this, and they beat the Argos. Because to me, the Argos. Yes, and I know that they beat us twice, and those are horrible losses, and they're going to cost us at the end of the year in ways we don't even know right now. They're they're smoke and mirrors. They're not that good. McLeod Bethel Thompson, we made you look like John Elway in his prime, but you are that same guy that can look great one minute and then the next play just look absolutely awful. Let's go to the Winnipeg-Montreal game because I'll say – at the start of the Winnipeg-Montreal game, because Winnipeg had a bye coming up, and I thought, wow, these guys look a little disinterested. It's not like they were trying to mail it in, but I'm like, wow, Zach Caleros, they're getting a lot of pressure, and he's getting sacked and intercepted, and he's getting hit, and he's getting knocked down, just not typical bomber football, and then Montreal just kind of hanging around, hanging around, and then when they won the toss for overtime, and they said, no, well, we want to play defense first. After their uh, field goal kicker missed, well, you uh, ruined the game. You know, for them, right? To, it just you've got to make that. You ruined the game for them. I'm like, uh oh. And then they go, and then that's what happens. And you never. It's oh, much like in the. Uh, so people are saying, don't leave it in the kicker's hands. What a lot of people were giving O'Shea, you, you know what for, being a special teams guy. Why didn't you just punt it out of the end zone and get the single and get the win? Don't leave it in your field goal because if it dings the bar. It could be a dead ball. If, you got to have confidence snap, but... in your guy. You, if you, you're going to need him at times, you, you got to make sure. Come on, that, that, there's nothing wrong with the snap. And, nothing wrong with the hold. He just screwed it up. No, he just screwed it up. And and the other thing too with Winnipeg, they're like, you know what? And I bet you, then they'll never say this uh, out loud. I bet you all of those guys, including O'Shea, they're happy that they finally lost a game. So now they can start talking about undefeated, undefeated. It's a distraction. Look what happened to. Tom Brady, the New England Patriots, when they went undefeated, yep. they picked the worst time of the year to lose a football game. Yeah, you know what? That I, help. I, I think I think you're right. I think maybe the the one foot was on the airplane getting down. You know, those guys all you know wanted to you know, and they need, deserve it, right? It's a long long haul, and uh, a lot of them take off and, and get to the states even for you know three or four days just to kind of be back at home a little bit, and and that happens sometimes. But uh, you know, I think they just made them mad because. You know, when I look oh. at that schedule, man, I'll tell you, September is going to be uh, like three games against the Bombers in September. Are you kidding me? But that's where the Riders um, are at, and uh, they better have – they cannot get run out of the out of the stadium three games in a row because I don't think they make the playoffs if they do. I don't know if they can win two or three, but they definitely have to win one of three, and they've got to split with, with BC. End of story. And if they don't, it's going to be big trouble. But, yeah, you're right. That game was – on Thursday was really exciting, you know, um, 
and and mistakes happen in in football and that was kind of the cool part and now the east is like yeah, don't be so don't be so confident that you're going to have a west crossover that that might not be a thing now don't they're going to play each other yeah. now and and ottawa gets back to back against the elks so uh you know I, I think if, if <laughs> I anybody uh, if that series isn't split some the 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 losing head coach gets the uh the apple on the roadmap for the for the uh for second place there because I, I I can't imagine if you're if you're the uh, Red Blacks and you fall to one and nine that Paul Lapolice should even be allowed in the building anyway. Uh, agree. So for the Ryder game on BC Friday, Marino's back with suspensions over should be back and from all accounts that that's it he's done he's 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 paid his penance and he's coming back. Robertson, who they never put on the sixth game, was practicing last week, and a lot of people thought he was going to play in Edmonton, and we could use him. We need him back. A.C. Leonard is on the sixth game, so I don't think he's going to be back. But just even getting those two back, and who else is kind of like kicking around or whatever? Dan Clark, maybe. I think that's probably a couple weeks away. But But the other thing, too, and you saw it early in the Calgary game, Nathan Rourke, still being young, can still get confused like all good quarterbacks can from time to time and can throw up the odd ball there and get it picked off and get uh, intercepted. And then they can get knocked down and they can get sacked. If the Riders can get that defense, and it's funny, without the defense, this <laughs> five and four, could you imagine where we'd be without our defense this year so far? Uh, and it's going to take it. And that's the thing about BC. The TSM panel said this. You know, it's one thing to be slow and methodical to be able to move down the field. BC can strike in a couple of plays and be in the end zone. They have the receivers, they have the quarterback, and they just kind of have the offense the way it's set up to not have to chunk it down six yards. Yeah. Eight yards. That that toy, that big Canadian guy, boy, he can play. Big, strong guy and really plays hard and uh, can block, too. Brian Burnham. Brian Burnham always plays well against the Riders. Somehow, some way, he seems to, uh, you know, always dial it up. And I don't expect anything less from him. Um, and it, actually, it, one of the things, and since you're going to the game, it'll actually be interesting to see because now we're getting into meaningful football. What kind of crowd will well, they Well, I was not, wondering about that, too. Not, not, not a ta- announced because how many people are actually giving me in the stands? You know, when you see that second level, are there actually going to be people there? Because it's going to be August. I'm assuming it's going to be a nice night. You don't get – I hate cold weather football. I, the, the Grey Cup in November is the dumbest thing that they could do. Start in May, no, wrap up I, I still think, October. you know, my, one of my favorite things to do, you know, I love going down to Phoenix, Arizona. And the other thing I really like to do in the summertime, besides Stampede, is sit – you know, in a nice warm night, you know, in Regina, yes. watching CFL. It's one of my favorite things to do. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Like you can see the atmosphere, what's going on with that, what kind of crowd they have. Because let's let's face it, for the two games on Saturday night, they announced 25,000 in Edmonton. It's like, mm, okay, and 22,000 in Calgary. It's like, mm. um, and I guess you have to do that. And and honestly, I'm not, I'm not going to come down. Like there's a lot of things that are having – tough times getting people out to go see that is going to be kind of the post COVID sort of thing that everyone's going to have to deal with. And the CFL for sure. Um, you know, maybe a little, little better effort on marketing yourselves. And, um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious just to see the whole atmosphere and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll share that obviously is, is to see what, what the, what my impression is, because it's been a few years, obviously, since I've been to a game there, a, a few years of, of just seeing what, what what the atmosphere is like, 
what the stadium's like, if they added some more TVs in the concourse, because they certainly needed that. Uh, and, and plus the little local fare of some of the local uh, Saski establishments that, that serve uh, food and booze there. So I'll give you the whole thing. Exactly. Because in Regina or in Saskatchewan, if people stop going to the Ryder games, there's nothing else to go to. There's no NHL teams there. There's there, like, no, there really it, isn't. I, I like, think what, people, the one thing about, about, you know, the rough riders and, um, is, is that it can kind of come in, in waves a little bit with, with people and when they go and when they don't go. And, um, and, and it's, and it's, um, I, I think people are still, there's still some chunks of people that, you know, a inflation's getting them a little bit, B, you know, their, their jobs have been different. Uh, C it's like, uh, maybe I'll go next game. Like no doubt when they play Winnipeg, it will be absolutely jammed. There's no doubt about that. And when Calgary comes to town and it's kind of a, you know, make it or break it for third place, it'll be jammed. But, you know, BC, uh, you know, after you've, you know, finally won a game, I, I, you know, I don't think it'll be full, but it'll be interesting to see what, what it'll be the, I, I imagine the biggest crowd of the week, like it usually is in the football and the TV numbers will be the biggest, biggest of the week. Oh. But, but I'll tell you, like, you know, for people who like to, you know, uh, just absolutely blast the CFL this week, this past week, just forget about the crowds, forget about whatever else, salary caps and all this other kind just pure entertainment value. Those four games did it for the CFL. If you have that kind of uh, awesomeness and you can't do it every single week, and maybe it was just the matchups and who was playing who, but it was really, really entertaining. And it was a hell of a lot more entertaining than watching NFL preseason. Uh, or a meaningless Blue Jays game that that you know is just they're playing oh. at the string in August for sure it was good and and uh, that that that'll be interesting to see if it if it keeps if it keeps going hope it does. So at the Stamps game when when they played BC uh, one of the things they do at Stamps games and I'm trying to remember because I haven't been normally I only go when the Riders are in town but since every time I go lately when the Riders have been in Calgary they 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 haven't won it's been years years since they've won a game. So I just stopped going. It's depressing. You know, at halftime, you're like zipping up, covering up your rider gear because you're like, should we even go back in? There was a great bar, uh, and it's moved to a new location, but it's not the same. There was a great bar called Moose McGuire's, a yes. couple blocks from the stadium. Great pregame, cheap beers. It doesn't matter who you're a fan of. You can go, you can hang out, you can have a good time. And then after the game, same thing. And the rider games have been such disasters in Calgary over the past five, six, seven years at halftime, we just walk over to Moose McGuire's and sit down and watch on TV and drink beers and get heckled a little bit, but the heckling in there, it's fun because they're football fans as well. And so I'm like, all right, but so at the stamps game, they have, they, the, there's a cow, the world's fastest cow. It's a human and it races people. So on Saturday they had Paul Biznet or uh, Bissonette biz, from spitting chiclets, and he beat the cow, which apparently the cow doesn't lose. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's good. But, you know, talk about smart. Those guys have millions of listeners every week to their podcast, and if they want to draw some new eyes to the CFL or whatever, maybe that's the way you've got to start getting people in. To be like, it's not just one thing. I it's going to be a bunch of little I saw it. I saw it pop up on social media, and it already had, I think, 27,000 views in, in like within 20 minutes. And I'm like, all right, uh, there you go. It's funny in Saskatchewan. Now, I guess it would have to be 
golf gainer that you'd have to race, right? Have they ever had gainer races? And what's with gainer not having a car anymore or an ATV to drive around? A lot of people are asking, what happened? Because once COVID came, the touchdown car. I'll, uh, uh, I'll get like, to the bottom of that. Get the, you phone the police chief. Yeah, I'll get it. Uh, first of all, happened? get an escort to the game. Uh, all right, let's move on to other stuff. Um, Kale McCarr, Logan O'Connor had the Stanley Cup in Calgary this past week. And it was so cool to see it pop up all over the place. First, it went rafting down the Bow River. Now, if you're not from Calgary, there's there's no lakes around here. Sylvan's like an hour and a half away, but that's still too far. So you go, you use the river here. In Saskatchewan, there's a million lakes. Use the Bow or the Elbow River. The Elbow is slow and shallow. The Bow runs pretty quick. And you raft. You get a dinghy or a tube or whatever. Supposed to wear your life jacket, you hop on. So, anyways, they took this. It's a Calgary tradition. On a hot day, that's what you do. So, they uh, got in touch with the cops and the fire department. So, they took the Stanley Cup down the Bow River. Maybe you saw the clip of them in the front of the uh, fire department boat. And I thought that's pretty cool. Uh, they went back to the Crowchild Arenas where they played their minor hockey. Uh, but probably one of the best picks was, uh, and I'm betting they talked about this when they were kids to be like, if we ever win the Stanley Cup, we're bringing it to our neighborhood 7-Eleven, and we're going to fill that thing up with Slurpee, and we're going to drink from it. And they did exactly that. And the pics are on social media. That's the cool part about when you see, especially a trophy like that, when you see guys win. The Super Bowl trophy doesn't have that same meaning. The trophy in Major League Baseball doesn't have that same meaning. There's no trophy as meaningful as the Stanley Cup. And you've been involved with the Flames in the NHL in a long time. Could anybody argue that? No, it, and have it's a good so cool. And they've like, made it in the last, you know, 25 years, like something really special where each guy gets a day with it. And it's been all over the world because obviously NHL is a, is a world game. It's been in all kinds of different countries. And it, it's really, really special. And Kale McCarr is a very special hockey player. You know, maybe the best defenseman I've seen in a long, long time. Um, I, I just... I just think of the Olympics and having him and Connor McDavid play for Canada is just so exciting to think of. And he's such a nice young guy, and he's just 23, wins the Norris, wins the Stanley Cup. I mean, he is uh, hes an incredible hockey player, looking forward to it, and, and, and still really grounded. Uh, it, it was very cool to see. And it also kind of shows, you know, a, a little bit of uh, jealousy, envy, that sort of thing if you're a Flames fan. You're a long way away from that right now, and it's and it's and it's and it's going to be. Kirsch, that's breaking news. The Flames aren't winning the Stanley Cup next year. It's a tough trophy to win, and oh. and it's going to be a tough one to, oh. to, to you know. And but when you do win it, you you carry that forever. You just carry that forever. And, I know. And that's the way so it goes. W- one of the things: Would you much rather be in the Hockey Hall of Fame or win a Stanley Cup? People are like Stanley Cup, your name's on it forever. Nobody cares about the Hockey Hall of Fame. Only nerds when there's nothing else to talk about, like Corsi stats, worry about the Hockey Hall of Fame. Or, or if you're bored um, at Canadian just, Music Week and you got some time to fill, and you just kind of walk down there and and spend two or three hours. Not that I did that, but uh, <laughs> heard it from a friend. <laughs> So and it's funny to see how the tentacles go out on social media. So there's a guy that I'd met, a, I think, when I first moved here. His name is Shane Seaman. He used to run Cayley's downtown. Cayley's was a three-story Irish bar. There's no better Irish pub in Calgary. And St. Patrick, it was legendary. So I see on, uh, he must know the McCarr family, the dad or Kale. 
And he always posts pictures of him drinking rosé wine wherever he goes, whether he's in an airport or at a restaurant. And he posts a picture. He's got a picture of this him, the Stanley Cup. He's like, oh, there's going to be a lot of rosé drank out of that later. Which isn't the most, you know, that's not the most macho drink to be coming out of the Stanley Cup is some, you know, some blush rosé wine uh, to go down. So, um, and the week before that, it was in Saskatchewan. So um, the man, the Manson family had it in Prince Albert. Gotta love the motherland, you know, when Prince Albert, and then it was in Christopher Lake water skiing and stuff. And then you saw Jared Bednar out by Yorkton in the pierogi curtain. He had it out there as well. And he was doing Yeah, and he also Humble took Broncos. it to, to the Humboldt Broncos. Uh, yeah. That was very, very cool. So. God. And I had said uh, when I'd put a post up of some of those pictures, if I'm an NHL GM, there's no way I construct my roster without at least two Sasky guys. Guaranteed. Every year on my team. Guaranteed. Those are the kind of guys you win Stanley Cup. You want heart and soul guys, right? Guys will go through the wall for you. Absolutely. Like, look at the look at the Shen brothers and what they've done in St. Louis and Tampa and stuff like that. The, if you don't have Sasky guys on your roster, I'm like, Probably not going to happen. And you just, you look at that and the man and the commitment. Um, the, so back to Kale McCarr and the other thing too, and I know there's some like psycho hockey parents. He played in the Alberta junior hockey league. He went that route. He didn't play in the CHL. And then he went to college that way. And a lot of people, Oh no, but you see more and more of that now where if you do decide to go and play in the Alberta junior hockey league and you do get a scholarship, when you leave school, and if you stay long enough, you have all the options. If you get drafted out of the CHL, you will have no. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah the options. CHL because they it's it's you know you the second you put on a Western Hockey League jersey, you cannot play NCAA. That's a rule. They can't do it just because of the way they you know pay the players and billets and all that kind of stuff. That's just and, and the other thing too. And I'm like at eight. If we think back to when you were 18 and I was 18, you don't always make the best decisions in life, even if your parents are involved. Sometimes to be like. If one's a better fit than the other, and the other thing too is if you actually cared about the player getting an education, and I know a lot of them don't, they talk a good game, they don't care. Are you good at hockey? That's all we want you for. To be like, so if they were to, um, and a lot of people, and I didn't realize this, that were giving Johnny Gaudreau a hard time. He had said in his goodbye to Calgary, if he would have stayed another year in college, and he might well could have because is it he played for yeah, yeah BC. They had a really good hockey team. If he decides to stay another year and play, he would have became a free agent anyways, but he felt out of obligation since the Flames drafted him. He wanted to pay them back. So for anybody that's still stewing on that one, Johnny could have stayed. I can't imagine the college life is a bad one if you're an athlete. I mean, in, in no way, shape, or form. Uh, so that was good to see. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this uh, on Netflix. Because without these football games, there hasn't been NFL preseason. I'm not a baseball guy. Uh, somebody had said there, there's a Shania Twain documentary on Netflix called Not Just a Girl. Yeah, I heard and, about it. I mean, Shania. Awesome. Really? Outstanding. It, it it tells the story right from when she was a young girl in Timmins, Ontario, and at five years old, her mother was sneaking her out of their own house at night because dad was asleep, taking her to the bar to sing on stage. Uh, and then go, it goes from there and then how, and I realized this like later on mid two thousands, she was <laughs> at her house in Switzerland. She was horseback riding and she got bit by a tick and ended up getting Lyme disease and her voice changed. Now as a singer, there's nothing worse than your voice changing. And it, this went on for years trying to find help 
to remedy this. And she has, and then she does the Vegas thing and it goes through like her marriage and divorce to Mutt Lang. But I, I remember this working in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, CHAB country 800, the heartland of country music. I was doing the afternoon show. So that means I was on the radio from two to six and we were going to have an interview now in Moose Jaw, you know, this, you don't really get a lot of interviews or stars coming through. Cause you're kind of not on the map of where stars go. Regina, Saskatoon, maybe, but, but anyways, there was a guy named Ron Harwood, great guy in the music awesome biz guy. or whatever. And awesome guy. Ronnie, love you. He's bringing in Shania Twain. And I remember we went, we got donuts for her from a bakery and the control and bring her in and talking to her. And this is when the woman in me album, the one that exploded that made her Shania Twain was coming out. And I remember asking her to be like, you know, like, are you excited, you know, about your, you know, new album? Of course, you're asking, you don't never met people. You're asking generic questions. You would want to, she's like, well, I'm hoping that this will sell enough so I don't get dropped from my record label. And I think, what did it go on to sell? Oh, millions. 16, 16 yeah. million copies. Now, this is, who's betted, Boots Been Under was just coming out. Any Man of Mine wasn't out yet, but we had heard it already. And we're like, wow. And that's all she wanted was to not get dropped because after her first album was a dud, they said, listen, if it doesn't go here, you're done. Like, you're out. And that's all she wanted. Crazy. She, I think she was slow. I think she was slow playing that a little or whatever. I think she knew she had something and just funny to see um, how that went. And also, uh, I've been huge on the show City on a Hill with Kevin Bacon. It's awesome. Okay. If you like a good crime. I'm, I'm waiting in September. Uh, is, is it called Blonde? The Marilyn Monroe. Um, oh, movie. So with really Anna DeArmas. Yeah, looking forward yes, to that. Yes, Anna DeArmas, who said apparently, because she dated, her and Ben Affleck did a movie together. I think it's on Amazon. But she had said because of like Ben Affleck is such a big star and the paparazzi is after him at all times. She actually had to move out of, out of L.A. because of the harassment and they just would not leave her alone. Even after they broke up, just could not get away. Yeah. And then you're like, is it all worth it at times? Like we all want to be famous, right? Rich and famous and you know, all that. But I have a completely opposite view house, of that, by the way. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's hard enough. I'll tell you what. You want to switch with somebody who isn't famous? You go ahead. So you get a little hassle once in a while. They have every right to take pictures. So, And by the way, a lot of the times those paparazzi people get tipped off by the people's agents to go say, hey, by yes. the way, so-and-so is going there. So I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It's like, hey, it goes I – don't, I don't think they should be in, in the trees taking pictures of your kids on private yeah. property. But once you're out, you're at a movie, you're at a at – a, steakhouse or whatever you're coming up you're 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 if you don't want to do that you could just go do you know art films that no one will watch and 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 make sixty five thousand a year go ahead and do that so yeah i i don't i don't ever once think that it's not you know obviously the princess diana thing completely different where that was way over the line but hey they, if you're a celebrity it goes with the territory yeah i'm sure when ben affleck was making the movie swingers which is a cult classic great film by the way on the set they probably talked about wouldn't it be great if we could be famous one day? Yeah. You know, when, you, when you're Batman, you know, there's a, probably a lot to go along with it. Yeah, so Anna DeArmas, I thought she was great in that in the uh, the latest James Bond film. All right, that's going to do it. Episode 11 of the Rider Nation podcast. If you want to follow us, you can be uh, on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. Where else are we? Uh, Google. Instagram at Rider Nation Podcast, Twitter at Rider Podcast, YouTube. We have our Rider Nation Podcast channel uh, where we're now going to be posting our uh, picks to go along with the podcast. And if you want to sponsor, just hit that link tree and uh, it'll fire us an email. So that'll do it. Episode 11 of the Rider Nation Podcast.